Welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Adam Wright. Joining us today is Trey Willoughby, a paraprofessional at Buckingham Exceptional Center. Trey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, so Trey, so I first became aware of you and, and your mission when you spoke at the school board meeting on August 27th, I believe it was, and you were there to talk about your mission of really wanting to spread awareness and educate people about autism. So you were, you were talking to the board and you said that you want to talk everywhere you can and get the message out to as many people as possible about spreading awareness about autism. And you said that you've been working with some local organizations, specifically a group called Family Initiative uh, here in Lee County about spreading awareness about autism. So what can you tell me about you know, what you're doing with Family Initiative and some other things that you're working on but, uh, and, and why you want to spread awareness about autism? Um. <clears throat> Well, I started out with Family Initiative. I sent them a message. Just I had some issues with the police a while ago, and so I reached out to them because I saw some stories that they had re already started stuff with the police stations, and so I reached out to them and asked them, and they were more than happy to reach back out to me and call me. So from there, we started talking and figuring out different things that would um, help those with autism. So we started with thinking of some kind of license plate or putting something on a license plate that identified the driver or whoever as someone with autism so that when the police pulled you over, they automatically realized, hey, he has autism. We need to be better about our approach mm -hmm. as we come up to the car. Um, from there, we are also working on getting something put on the driver's license that also initiates that as if like I'm at home and they approach me or I'm walking on the street and they approach someone, they will need to know that they have autism because at that point they may not be able to advocate for themselves and tell them that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just going to, so you, you have autism. And I don't know how much detail you want to get into, you know, what happened with you and the police, but why is it important for, say, a police officer to, to know that maybe they're pulling over somebody who has autism? Why is it important for them to know that? It is important because <clears throat> a lot of people with autism, especially me, if I got pulled over, I'm going to shut down, which means I won't talk. I'll, I may start crying I may start shaking, I may start looking scared and feeling scared. And all they're gonna think is, I'm trying to hide something. I'm not cooperating, I'm not doing whatever it is they need me to do. But it's not because I'm not doing all that, it's because I can't. And it'd be good for them to be aware of the facts mm -hmm. that I'm not trying to ignore what they want done, I'm trying to let them know in some way. So you're working on maybe getting something on uh, the license plate of a car that um, signifies to a police officer they see that and it'll let them know that, hey, the, the driver of this car has autism? Well, the registration itself. Registration itself, okay. And so, and I, I heard you spoke at the meeting that you said you're also, so you're working with this organization called Family Initiative and you're, you've also been in contact with some 
at least one local police department and talked about it? Yes, I've talked. We've been talking to Cape Coral Police Department. They're in the middle of switching people out, so we were waiting on that to happen, and then we will continue on. We have already done a community project with them where we all went out to the Cape Coral Police Department, and they did a they let us walk through the building and see everything. Cool. So they were they were pretty open to working with you on this. Yes. Cool. Uh, all right, so before we go any further, I have, uh, I'm just going to read something about autism that I got from autismspeaks.org just to give a little more uh, information to the listeners about autism. And so, um, so you know, it's what is autism? Autism or autism spectrum disorder refers to a broad range of conditions characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech, and nonverbal communication. Uh, according to the CDC, autism affects an estimated 1 in 59 uh, children in the U.S. today. And it says, we know there is not one type of autism, but many different subtypes of autism, most influenced by a combination of genetic and environmental factors. It says, because autism is a spectrum disorder, each person with autism has a distinct set of strengths and challenges. So it affects different people in different ways. And the ways in which people with autism learn, think, and problem solve can range from highly skilled to severely challenged. Some people with autism may require significant support in their daily lives, while others may need less support, and in some cases, live entirely independently. So you said, in, when you were speaking to the board, you said that you've been through a lot. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? How has how has autism affected you throughout your life? Um, well, autism is a very routine. You have to have a very good routine going, and if our routine gets messed up, we we change to that. We get upset. We get anything can happen. So throughout my life, I had I was always moving. My parents were always going through something. So my routine was never the same. So my behavior followed that. And now, um, like looking through my IEP this morning, I saw at one point I was in restraints on the bus. Which means and just for people who don't know what an IEP is, can you explain that? It's an individual education plan. And what is an individual education plan? It's something to... It's a goal for the people who need it so that they can help them adjust better to the circumstance they are in. Okay. So you're kind of looking through some of your uh, old, it's records kept by a school uh, on the students? Yes. And so you were looking kind of through your old records from school. Okay. And, and you I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said, and you, you found what? I found that at first I was very restrictive that I could not do very like on the bus I had to have an aide with me at all times um I was I had a, a harness which means I was locked into the seat so that I wouldn't get up and run away or because I had a lot of challenges behaviors back then and then as I progressed through the to towards the present I saw a lot of that went away because I got better at following a plan, mm -hmm. following a better routine. And as my life became more stable, my behaviors kind of diminished. Mm -hmm. 
And so how, who helped you? Did you, I'm sure you had help, people helping you put together routines and plans, or was it uh, parents or at school? How did you, who do you kind of attribute your, your growth to? For a lot of it, it was my mom, and my dad was there as well. But a lot of it came from just therapy. A lot of therapy helped. Um, teachers, certain teachers were very good at helping me when I needed it. And you, you, you drive? Yes. And you uh, have a job. You work at Buckingham Exceptional Center as a paraprofessional, a helping teacher. Um, how did you, um, you know, so you're, you're, you said you were 20, you're 20 years old. Yes. So kind of recently graduated. And is this your first job? First no. full-time job? No. Or okay, I have worked at a preschool. Okay. And I still do work at another preschool. Great. Um, so how did you... How did you, you know, get these jobs? What was that like? Um, well, I got the first preschool job through Volk Rehab. They sent me to a job training place, and then they put me through all the training of how to do a resume, how to do an interview, sitting up straight, all the fun stuff. Yeah, I think you have better posture than I do. I need to sit up straight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there... They took me to, I started out at Wellington Academy and was, to them, I was a volunteer, but the job training place was paying me to work there. So from there, and then I became an actual employee for Wellington Academy. And then from there, I switched and left there to a place called All Superstars Preschool. And from there, I continued to work there part-time now and you also so you work at Buckingham Exceptional Center what do you do there for people who may not be familiar with what a paraprofessional is can you explain what that is and, and what your day-to-day -day, uh, role is at Buckingham at Buckingham um, Buckingham is a very special ed school they have every kid has some range of, of a disability that may stop them from doing certain things. And as a helping teacher, my goal is to help them get what the knowledge they need to be able to get the same skills as someone else going through a, reg a gen class, a regular general class. So um, depending on the child, I may change them like, they're, I mean, if they don't have proper toileting skills, I would have to help them with that. Make sure they go to the bathroom when they need to. Um, we read to them. We feed them if they don't have that skill either. We are basically their friend and there to help them more than anything. And how long have you been there? I've been there since February of right. this year. Okay. And uh, you enjoy working there? Do you find it rewarding? Yes, very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so going back to your your mission to raise awareness about autism, you said also at the board meeting that you've been you've done several events and that you would like to do more events in the future. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the events that you've participated in and, and what you hope to do in the future? Um, so far at 
I've done the event with Cape Coral Police Department where you brought in the families of that may have someone with autism and other families, anyone was welcome. And we did our walk through the building, just handed out information about family initiative. We, I've also done a, a parent group at family initiative where I talked to all the parents who had kids with autism and spoke out about my experiences to them and they seemed to really um, accept what I said and enjoy what I have told them. So what, do you, what is your main message when you speak to these groups and in the future speaking to more? I'm sure you'll be going out and doing more speaking and events and stuff. What, what do you want people to know about autism that um, they might not know? Well, autism, not one case is the same. I mean, you can go from someone who is nonverbal, um, which means they don't speak at all, or they use hand signals or whatever they may use. Or you can come to, like me, where I drive and only have a little bit of, need a little bit of help. I have, for me, I have social, I need social help, where sometimes I don't know when to speak or when not to speak, or how to even walk up to a stranger, a, not a complete stranger, but a stranger and talk to them as a friend. So throughout high school, fr making friends was really hard. Whereas others on the lower end can't do that at all. Uh, but is it, uh, is it possible for them to grow like you did? Is that a message you want to get across to? Like what you said, kind of with some routine, and uh, setting a schedule and things like that? It is definitely, po anything is possible, yes, definitely. And that's what I want to show the parents is just because they're like this now doesn't mean they'll always be like that. Mm -hmm. And just because w your doctor says one thing doesn't mean it's always gonna be true. Mm -hmm. Like my doctor has always told my parents, he'll never graduate, he'll never, be able to do certain things. And now here I am with two jobs, advocating for myself and the community and driving. That's great. Did you, um, so were you in the room when the doctor would say things like that? Did you hear that growing up? Um, depending on the doctor. I mean, sometimes they sent me out of the room so they could talk to the parents privately, which I always felt was like, you're talking about me. I need to know. So did you feel, did you grow up feeling like you had a, a chip on your shoulder and that you had, that you wanted to prove that doctor wrong? And is that, yes. yeah. Um, I, I wanted to read one more thing from autismspeaks.org. It, uh, it says, you know, indicators of autism usually appear around age two or three. And some associated development delays can appear even earlier, and often it can be diagnosed as early as 18 months. But in here, this is important. It says, research shows that early intervention leads to positive outcomes later in life for people with autism. So uh, kind of like what you were saying, especially the earlier you work with uh, kids with autism and, and try to help them, I guess, 
create some routines and, and things like that. The earlier you start doing that, it, it can really lead to positive outcomes later on in life, right? Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. And you said that in, in, also at that board meeting when you were speaking to the board, you mentioned that you know, you've gone through a lot and you've had some challenges in life, but that, yeah, you, you graduated and have two jobs and that you've gotten far in life with autism and that you would like to help others to do the same. How, how do you go about trying to help others? Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to do some trainings with professionals because no matter how much college you go through, that doesn't give you the experience that someone with autism is going through themselves. So I would like to be able to tell them how we're feeling or how we may be feeling when we're going through certain symptoms. Like if we're shutting down, I want to be able to tell them, hey, they may be feeling sad or they may be feeling scared that doing certain things will help them. And I also want to go to the, if I want to go to the kids themselves or the teenagers themselves and talk to them and help them through challenges they may be having. And are there, uh, can you give us, are there certain examples of challenges that you can tell us that something that you may be able to help them with? Um, making friends, talking to people in general. Um, I know some that are ready to be too dry but are too scared to do so. Mm-hmm. I could help them realize that it's not all that bad. Was it was it scary for you the first time that you were learning how to drive? Yeah, it was. But I did a lot of moving cars around for my dad. Okay. I would pull cars out of the driveway and pull it into the grass. Okay. So I had a lot of little trainings. So you were at least a little bit familiar with how to operate a car before you kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, where, uh, where did you grow up and, and what schools did you go to? Um, I grew up in Fort Myers. I have also lived in Texas and Georgia. So I've moved in Kansas as well. So I've been through every school everywhere. Here I probably went through eight different schools. Um, The high schools was my most challenging, I think, for me because I was more aware of what was going on at that point. And when I got to Northern Palm Charter, I found that was the most helpful of the schools that I've been to. Okay. Where did you live in Texas? I lived in Onalaska, Texas. Okay. I lived in Beaumont for a couple of years, which is near Houston. But uh, Okay, so moving forward, again, you said that you want to speak as much as possible about this and let as many people know what so what are your what's your kind of goal moving forward what are you, do you have plans in place we have reached out to several different police department different sheriff's departments we are waiting on different responses um i just reached out to the florida highway patrol and they called me back this morning i have am going to respond to them oh. by the end of today are you are you trying to uh, aside from working with uh, local law enforcement agencies to you know try to get that thing on the uh, the 
signifier on the registration to let officers know that you know, if they pull somebody over, they have autism. Is there, are you planning on working closely with other schools, trying to do some speaking engagements? I would like to. Um, I haven't gotten that far yet. Those, I mean, the law enforcement was my main goal mm -hmm. so far, and schools will definitely be my second. Um, I am also looking into doing airports as well. Airports? What, what in... Uh what would you be working with airports on? Um, like going through security or? Yeah, going through security. Um, I, when I fly, they give you the option of requesting someone to take you from one place to the other, like from one airplane to, if you like in Dallas, where you have to go like 10 miles across the airport mm -hmm. to get to the other one. Yeah. If you have autism of any kind, you're going to be scared. They can be anxious because there's so many people and no one wants to sit there and tell you where to go. Mm. So when I do request someone and I look high, I look normal, which is, um, which is part of the issue is I look one way, but I am another. Mm. So I may look normal to them and they just, yes, I asked them to help me, but they don't really... They said, oh, he's fine. He don't need help. So have you flown by yourself before? Yes. So this is uh, something that directly impacted you and you had to deal with before. Yes. Uh, I mean, I know I've been to big airports and had to, you know, get to a connecting flight in a short amount of time and, and basically go from one end of the airport to the other. That can be nerve-wracking for anybody to deal with. Right. Um, so you what, so you were working, you'd want to work with airport employees to have somebody there who what, what, what's the goal to have more knowledge of someone with autism to to know the difference between someone who's just really anxious and someone who really needs them to be more careful about what they do like especially if you're being patted down by a TSA, just a random selection. Everyone gets randomly selected at some point. But if they're patting you down and you have, you could have anything, but especially with autism, and you have, you don't like to be touched in a certain way. Well, if they're patting you down as fast and hard as they can, you're gonna freak out on them and then that leads to other things. So I would like for, them to have some way of knowing that, hey, this person was flagged as having autism, be careful how you approach them and how you pat them down and such. Mm -hmm. So you're still still trying to figure out how you would notify them and what that would look like? Right. Okay. What was it? So you, you talked about how it's important for a lot of people with autism to have a, like a routine a set schedule. What, what What's your routine like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, now that I have a better set of routines, like for a long time I did not have a routine. Now that I go to Buckingham or work at Buckingham, I get up in the morning, I get dressed, I brush my teeth, I take a shower, um, and then I go to work. And for me, I've always had early jobs where I started at 7.30 in the morning. 
well, this job doesn't start until 9.30, but I show up at school, at work, at 7.30, just to make sure I'm ready for the day. And I've always, I've done that since day one. So I'm always two hours early. That way it gives me time if something goes wrong in the morning. If I can't find my keys, if I can't find this, oh, I still have an hour to look for this. Like I don't have to leave for another hour, but I always like to leave at the same time. So if I don't leave at that same time, it starts off and anxiety comes and goes. But then I realize, wait, I still got plenty of time before I have to even be there. I think I was 10 minutes late today, so you're making us all look bad over here. Uh, so uh, that's just to give you a buffer. What if, so if everything goes right, what do you do for that two hours? Um, I get into the classroom. I'll set up the computers so that they're where they're supposed to be. We play morning music. So I'll set up the computers, get logged into um, the smart board and the other computer we have and have it ready to play the music when the kids come in. I'll, if there's dishes to be, that was left over from the day before, I'll put them away. If clothes need to be folded or put in the washer, I can do that as well. And yes, I'm not on the clock, so yes, I don't have to do that. But it's something to pass the time. And other times, I'll just go and have a nice, fun chat with my principal, Ruthie. Um, I'll, I love to sit and talk with her for 15, 20 minutes at a time. Oh, yeah. She's, she's great to talk to. Yes. Is she, how has she been with your, uh, your efforts? Uh, has she and the school been supportive? She's been nothing but supportive. Um, she's doing, she has been to several of my events. She came to the board meeting. She came to my parents. When I was talking to the parents, she was there, which I did not know she was coming. She surprised me. Um, I got business cards, and the first thing she wanted to do was hang it up on her wall that I got one. She um, has given me access to certain things. She's, ha she's reached out to certain people and told them about me. And that's where I got to be invited to the board meeting to, to talk. Even if anyone can go there, I was directly invited. If I needed anything, she would make sure I had it. Um, when I first interviewed there, she asked me, what can you tell me that's not on your paper? So I straightforward told her I have autism. And she was nothing but supportive from that moment on because she was happy that I came out and told her right away immediately. Mm -hmm. And when I was having surgery, because I wasn't supposed to start until after my surgery, she made sure that I still had a job to come to when I had my surgery. That's great. Yeah, I've met Dr. Ruthie uh, probably a handful of times now at this point, and she's a great, a great person. I've enjoyed every interaction with her, and she seems like she just cares so much and just loves everybody at that school and, and, and just wants to do nothing but the best and is so supportive of everybody there. Right? Uh, is there anything else about Buckingham Exceptional Center uh, that you want people to know about? Well, we are trying to, we have an event coming up in October. 
where we're trying to raise money so that our kitchens are more accessible for those that are in wheelchairs. Um, because right now they can't really do any do much in there. I mean, we want them. We want to give them the life skills they can achieve. We want them to be able to maybe not cook by themselves, but cook with someone. And right now, if they were to roll into the kitchen, they couldn't reach anything. Um, we're having a sink donated where it's lowered. Everything will be lowered so that they can wash their hands or put water in a pot. We're trying to get a lot more stuff so that they get the help they need. That's great. Uh, okay, so any, do you have a, a final message about autism for you know, anybody out there who may be listening, uh, you know, before we uh, go on to the final five questions, if you could, you know, if you had everybody's ear, what would you want them to know before we move on about autism? Final message about autism. My final message would be no matter how scary it seems, you as a person with autism or as the parent, you can get through this. You just have to stay strong and be brave about it. Don't let the challenges bring you down. Stay strong, keep your head up, and you'll be able to do it. Awesome. And if, if anybody out there listening or watching after listening to this wants to contact you or reach out to you, maybe to work with you on something, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um, probably by email. It'll be treyw at leeschools.net. Okay. All right. Trey, T-R-E-Y, right? Trey, T-R-E-Y-W at leeschools.net. Yes. All right. That's the way to reach Trey. Okay, Trey, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? No, that's it. Okay. All right. Trey, what's your favorite book? My favorite book would be Harry Potter. Harry Potter. All right. Which one? Um... It's hard to pick, right? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. I think my, okay, I think my favorites are, I love all of them too, and I've read all of them, I think at least twice. Seen the movies. Uh, movies are pretty good. I think I like the books better. Right. Um, I think my favorite books would be the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. I love that one. And then I really liked uh, The Half-Blood Prince. I thought it was cool when they went back and you learned a lot more about he who shall not be named, uh, Voldemort. We could say it on the podcast. Uh, it was cool to learn more about Voldemort when he was younger. They kind of had those flashback scenes and stuff, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. How about you? you? I know it's hard for you to pick, but if you had to pick one um, or two. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Maybe probably the third one when yeah. he meets his godfather. Mm, Sirius Black, yeah. Yes. And... The seventh one, when he finally defeats he who must not be named. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Okay. All right. What's your favorite movie or TV show? TV show is The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Nice. I remember I used to watch The Simpsons like every day after school, after I did my homework. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that show. Um, favorite, do you have a favorite character on The Simpsons? Um, it's got to be Homer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you don't have to say Homer. Yeah, it's Homer. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Who's your, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite song or who's your favorite musical artist? Um, 
I don't really have a favorite right now. Probably just country music in country general. Music. Okay. Uh, any certain country artists that you like? Um, all of them. Okay. All right. I'm not a huge country music fan, so I can't really contribute much to that. Uh, they over there, they like it a little bit more than I do. But okay. Um, so when you went to school, what was your favorite subject? Probably lunch. 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 Okay. What was a what was a typical lunch like for you um depended on the day mm -hmm. if i went did you get school lunch or did you bring a lunch with you well actually i never ate lunch there i would only it would depending on the lunch if it was the spicy chicken sandwich which mm. they provided in high school i would eat that right but usually it was just a chocolate milk that i would get okay yeah spicy chicken sandwich it's delicious okay all right last one trey if you could have dinner with anyone Living or dead, who would it be and why? Mm. Now that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I would probably pick my mom's mom, which would be my grandmother, because I know she cared a lot for me. I mean, I never really got to meet her because she passed when I was like four. Mm -hmm. So I never really got to meet her. But whenever I'm up in Kansas, I constantly visit her. Hmm. So it would definitely be her. All right. That's nice. Okay. Trey? Trey Willoughby, Paraprofessional Buckingham Exceptional Center. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and getting to know you and learning about autism. And again, if anybody wants to reach out to you, TreyW at LeeSchools.net, right? Yes. All right. Trey, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. And good luck with everything in your future. Thank you. All right. And thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.